the way we consume and share news today is largely rooted in social media outlets, a reason why we decided it's important to look at what's being discussed online, like upcycling, for example, or tackling the smombies uh, for uh, the hottest issues and trends. For a daily social media minute, we're joined by Yerika. Good morning. Good morning. Looking fabulous in yellow. Thank you. It's uh, it's it's the sun is out finally. <laughs> I was like I woke up yesterday too, but uh, <laughs> I, I, for some reason I wake up every morning. I look outside expecting to see the rain, but uh, that wasn't the case this morning. So I'm very happy. <laughs> Today seems like we'll, we'll get breaks and sporadic showers, and tomorrow will be more showers. But hey, yeah. we're in the middle of the monsoon season. In case people weren't getting the memo. Let's jump into an important, I think, story to tackle. So, Erica, you and I talked about the problem with smombies before. I mean, these are people who have their heads buried in their smartphones, and they usually are seen anywhere and everywhere, including crossing the streets. And it looks dangerous. However, we do it yeah. anyway. And it seems that Yongin City is trying to tackle this problem, realizing it's a hazard for not just themselves, but to everyone else around them. That's right. And that's why uh, the Yongin city government in Gyeonggi-do province is launching a pilot program to deal with uh, safety issues caused by these so-called smartphone zombies or zombies for short. Now, this pilot program involves completely blocking mobile data usage around school zones across the city. Uh, so far, the government has installed 120 special terminals to restrict smartphone functions within 1.5 kilometers of the school zone around Shingal Elementary School. I raise so many questions. I get what the intention is, and school zones, by law, were required to slow down to snail speed, honestly, because it goes from, like, 50-kilometer-hour zones to, like, 30 all of a sudden. Yeah. But, I mean, I beg of you, what if I'm new to this neighborhood and I have my GPS on and suddenly I'm in this, this smombie-free zone and I lose contact with internet? Anyway, some questions are being raised, but how do these terminals exactly... happen, but it's temporary. <laughs> it's temporary. You're right. You'll eventually find yeah. your way. Uh, how do these yeah. terminals exactly work? Uh, so these terminals that have been set up, they interrupt data usage and uh, internet connections uh, when smartphone users uh, with a special app approach within 30 meters. Okay, so maybe it's like a pretty small blocked out zone as opposed yeah. to minutes of it. Uh, so in order for this to happen and to be successful, smartphone users have to download an app onto their phone. So they have to do it willingly on a volunteer basis. Correctly. Now, these terminals are designed to prevent accidents caused by children, especially mm. using smartphones while walking, crossing the road. Um, the app comes in two different versions, actually, one for parents and the other for children. Uh, so once the parents app is installed and launched, an, an alarm bell goes off if children delete the app installed on their phone. So parents will probably have to, you know, nudge the children to download an app or actually download the app for the children. Okay. Um, and uh, if the children for any reason try to delete the app, then uh, the, the parents get a, an alarm ring. 
I think I, I think I've lost focus on what this uh, the story was all about. It's for the Smombies, right? And I was thinking, what yeah. about those who are driving by this neighborhood? But I wouldn't have this app installed if I'm just a just a passerby, True. right? Yes. All right. So parents have to get involved. Download these app willingly, probably for the kids and anyone who walks yeah. in this neighborhood. And yeah, you know, there are other functions in the app as okay. well. Uh, side functions that help ensure the safety of their children, including the management of data use and also location tracking as well, just in case. Um, this terminal was developed by the Industrial Promotion Institute in Yongin City mm. in collaboration with a local company with support from the Ministry of Science and ICT. Hey. Yeah, at least we're using our resources to keep our children safe. I think this sounds yep. like a sound and easy way to keep our kids. Um, as for location tracking, how do the kids feel about it? <laughs> uh, they probably won't like it. But maybe we just gently leave that out and let them know that it's for their safety anyway. Yeah. All right. Yeah. On to our second buzzword this morning. Now, is this uh, upcycling or is it greenwashing? You be the judge of it. But it turns out these limited edition sneakers made from I'm, I'm assuming old tires is getting a lot of love that's right um hanguk tire and technology is the world's sixth largest tire maker by sales and uh, the company has signed a deal to make and sell more of the limited edition footwear made from recycled tires hmm. now this latest deal is in collaboration with a domestic startup called tread and groove hmm. and uh the first batch of inventory has already sold out super popular hmm. so they decided to produce some more now the two companies jointly produce these limited edition series of uh, eco-friendly sneakers Sneakers called HK Groovy. Um, Hanguk Tire <laughs> supply the tires that are hard to sell because of defects like scratches, mm. while Tread and Groove recycle the tires into shoe soles. Uh, the first production was limited to 200 pairs, uh, and pre sale reservations started last month through uh, Tread Group's website, and uh, all of the inventory has since been sold out. They're going to produce 100 more pairs, and uh, customers can start ordering them starting next month. I mean, 200 pairs in the second, 100 more pairs. Maybe they yeah. can do a little bit better, but it's interesting because how are people finding out about these stories before we talk about it? I mean, I, did you get the memo, Erica? I did not. Uh, not, really. <laughs> not really. You know what they say, right? And I think this is perhaps a beautiful phenomenon, especially um, highlighted during the pandemic. I mean, we talked about how maybe secondhand usage of old clothes and vintage things were more popular during the pandemic, too. Now, one man's trash is another man's treasure quite possibly and these shoes have less impact on the environment and they're probably really sturdy they're made from tires that's right um these footwear can apparently uh, contribute to reducing co2 emissions as well by about nine kilograms per pair mm. so in other words if we do the math mm. the collaboration has so far resulted in a total of 2700 kilograms worth mm. of carbon emissions reduction all right there you have it uh, let's talk about the company uh tread and groove because they're the collaborator with hanguk tires how did this business idea and collaboration come about 
Well, <clears throat> Trading Groove is a is a young company, and it's run by young entrepreneurs, and they're committed to making the world a better place mm-hmm. uh, with innovative ideas and products. It's the winner of the 2021 Tongju Young Entrepreneurship Competition, mm-hmm. and uh, the founder and CEO of the company is just 27 years old, and uh, she might be young, but she's been developing startup ideas since she was a university student, mm-hmm. and most of her business ideas focused on environmental impact and sustainability. Mm. And one day she just happened to come across a documentary on TV that showed African children wearing footwear made of cut up car tires. Uh, So many people have probably watched that same documentary. Did it inspire uh, the rest of us to start start a business? No. Uh, So that was when she had her first aha moment. That's right. Um, but you know what? Uh, it might sound or seem like a simple idea, but her business idea faced challenges right from the get-go. Um, one of the biggest challenges, in fact, was sourcing waste tires. And uh, she and her two partners visited countless tire sellers. And once they obtained the tires, they would use utility knives mm-hmm. to cut them up themselves <sighs> and separate the rubber layer from the frame. And that was a very difficult process. And then they had to find a shoemaker that was actually willing to design shoes uh, out of the tire rubber. And they had to visit dozens of shoe factories in this Hongsudong area. Most of the factories declined to work with them because they'd simply never made shoes using tires. But uh, after an endless search, they finally found one master shoemaker who helped create uh, the company's first recycled tire shoe, Mm. the Chelsea boot. And the rest, as they say, is history. The company went on to win one award after another. Uh, You can look that up on online. Uh, And uh, they also won the coveted Chongju Young Entrepreneurship Competition last year. Sometimes the problem with these headlines is that we only see what they're reaping at the end of probably a long series of journey and its own fair share of struggles. I mean, good for that. I mean, this is how you make a difference. And it certainly sounds like it has the attention of not just major companies, but I feel like this is what the consumers are demanding, right? To do more to save or at least preserve what's left of the environment. On to our last story. Um, I don't know why, but after seeing the headline, I was reminded of that song that screams Pemida. Like it's Ah. it's a snake. Does anyone else remember this song? Is that an old reference? Yeah. All right. The song just goes on to scream. It's a snake. It's a snake. And yeah. the, the likeliness of running into wild snakes in a Kimpo neighborhood is so slim, which is why this catches us by surprise. Yeah. And uh, Kimpo City, it's it's a big city. <laughs> it, it's a modern area. We're not even talking about the countryside here. No. Um, and if there's one thing that I'm deathly afraid of, yeah. it's snake. Fortunately, I've yet to cross paths with, with a snake in real life. But uh, you know what? I actually uh, heard people share stories about running into snakes, especially in my old neighborhood in Puamdong, oh. which is smack in the, in the center of Seoul. It's Chungnogu, right? right. Uh, but it's a heavily wooded area. And apparently uh, there are snake sightings from time to time. Right, but right. I'm glad I never ran across, come, came across one. Thank goodness. I mean, if you're deathly afraid of it, I can't imagine you coming face to face. Would that prompt you to move? <laughs> Oh, that would prompt me to scream <laughs> and possibly pass out. Okay, so I, I do have to ask because there is the snake sighting is happening amongst apartment complexes in Kimpo City. It's and frequently as well. So it's not just a one-time thing. It would not be a no. story if it was a one-time sighting. Does anyone have answers as to why this is happening? Why there are so many snake sightings? Yeah. 
there, um, there is an explanation. And it, there have been near daily sightings by residents at this one particular complex in Kimpo City. Mm-hmm. Experts say that it has something to do with the recent weather phenomenon. Uh, it's been raining a lot in recent weeks mm-hmm. and snakes have not had a chance to emerge from their hiding to a dry out in the sun. And you might be wondering, why does the snake need to, yeah. to sunbathe, basically? <laughs> now, the reason why they need the sun is because their bodies need to reach a certain temperature in order to digest their food in their stomach. Really? Yeah. So their bodies have to warm up and that's why they seek the sun on sunny days, like today, for example. Um, And the bushies or those grassy areas within the apartment complexes are also perfect hiding spots for snakes. And then eventually they had to surface and come down to sunbathe, which is why they're seeing these snakes in the apartment complex. So. Okay, what's the drill? What should I do if I happen to run into a snake in my own apartment complex? Because I feel like screaming and scaring the snake doesn't really do good. Now, now most of the snakes that we commonly see, well, not so commonly, but uh, (laughs) that we see are protected species. And it's against the law to capture snakes yourself. So the first thing you have to do is keep a safe distance and call 119. And also, if you get really unlucky and get bitten by a snake, do not resort to home remedies, such as sucking on the snake bite or covering the wound with pin down, because apparently this is what people used to do in the old days. Um, you should get yourself to the nearest emergency room and get okay. properly treated. Okay. And by the way, you can also get compensated for snake bites as well. All you have to do is go to the nearest district office or community center, fill out a form and submit it. Okay, I feel like we should do this protocol like from time to time again, because I'm not going to remember. First call 119. Uh, if you get bitten by a snake, seek professional help as opposed yeah. to resorting to any of those promised home remedies. That sounds awfully dangerous. <laughs> and you can get compensation, apparently. Who knew? Yes. <laughs> Erica, I learned so much today, like how snakes need to sunbathe in order to digest oh, their food. Trust me, I learned this this morning as well. <laughs> Have a safe weekend, Erica. We'll see you next week. Bye. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.